You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. I am on a high that I have not come down from in about one month's real time, 11 game time for the Charlotte Hornets. Malik Monk with another crazy impressive performance, and you guys know me. I love myself Malik Monk. I just have never been able to quit him. Even when there was a lot of reason to doubt him, sure enough, Malik Monk comes up with yet another very good performance, and it starts with his first bucket of the game. Right as soon as he comes in off of the bench at about the 7.20 mark or so, Malik Monk makes his impact felt, and the Hornets go on to win 103-93. to This is the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm your host, Walker Mail, going solo once again. No Doug Branson canceled late on me. I don't know if he just didn't want to talk about Malik Monk. That's what my guess is, but we're going to be talking plenty about him today after what he did against the Chicago Bulls. You can still follow Doug on Twitter, though, at Doug Branson, L-O-H. You can follow me on Twitter, at Walker Mail. Show handle on Twitter is at Lockdown Hornets. Malik, obviously, the story of the game, 7 of 13 to a 5 from three-point range, including just a ridiculous three-pointer that he hit as time was expiring. And on that shot, he actually had to put his hand down to stop himself from falling and then consequentially traveling. And then he just heaves one up. It's money. It's butter. Nothing but net. And then Eric Collins says, from Romeoville, which if you saw my tweet last night, I will continue to appreciate Eric Collins' love of geography. And yelling any city out that is about one hour proximity from any arena that he's calling when somebody hits a shot like that, when somebody hits a 35-footer. It was fantastic. And Malik Monk, certainly, to me, at the beginning of this game, Malik Monk looked as dominant as I've seen him for a certain stretch. When he drove baseline, he had that really nice, really nice bounce pass that seemed like it almost could have been out of bounds he could have almost driven out of bounds it was that close and it was really nice bounce pass inside he was getting to the rim whenever he wanted to he had the 11 first quarter points it I wonder if it was the most dominant stretch that I've seen from him he just seemed most in control and that in that sequence more than I've seen him really all season long. And this is a guy that's had a lot of good games, especially recently. I mean, it really has been about one month's time since Malik Monk has you know, been inconsistent. I think he's got one game in there. It might have been against the Wizards or something like that. That wasn't very good from him, but we haven't seen much. And in that little stretch, I think, we saw Malik Monk's dominance take over. We saw him just be in complete control of the game. Had six rebounds, three assists. A few turnovers as well, but the plus-minus indicates that he was the best player, plus 15, only one more than Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges, but um, plus-minus is in his favor in this one. 25 points for him, like I said. So Malik was fantastic. And uh, how about everybody making a big deal of his half-court, or excuse me, his halftime interview with Ashley Shamity? <laughs> Malik said, yeah, we got to continue to get offensive rebounds we got to continue to get stops. I saw more than one Twitter account put out there that they were shocked to hear Malik Monk talk about defense. It's crazy, guys. I, what Malik Monk is doing on defense, he's been pretty good this year. I mean, I, I've, I've liked what I've seen from him on defense, but there's one play, I, man, it might have been in the third quarter. I know it was in the second half, where it might have been in the fourth quarter, uh, uh, actually, 
but he's all over Zach Levine, and it's when the shot clock is winding down, and Zach Levine is is draped by Malik Monk, and Zach rises above Malik and hits it. And you know that's always going to be a downfall of Malik. He's just short. You know, I remember his wingspan coming into the pros. It was the same as his height. It was about 6'3". So usually you see guys with their wingspan longer than their height. We know that those are going to be the shortcomings of Malik Monk on defense. But he was draped all over Zach to make him and force him into a extremely high difficult shot. And I, you just look and you shed a tear. Wipe it away and say he's learning. He's playing at a really high level right now. And can you imagine if the Hornets decided to trade him at the trade deadline with what he's given us here recently? It doesn't mean that Malik is going to continue to do this. I understand that we have to dip our toe in the water when we talk about how excited we are with Malik because of the sample size, and I get that, and it's been two and a half years, or I shouldn't even say two and a half. It's been two years of us being scared and hesitant for a lot of our love of Malik Monk. Maybe not Nada, maybe not myself, maybe not a couple of other people. I know know there are some Malik truthers out there, but... We understand what it is with Malik, and there's been some inconsistent play. Man, it's been a long stretch for him. It's been a long one. And the Hornets get a win in large part because of it. Also in the second half, got to give some love to Miles Bridges once again. Malik Monk, he's been playing well recently. There's been a turnaround. Miles Bridges has been playing well recently. There's been a turnaround for him. First quarter was pretty god-awful from Miles Bridges, especially at first. Man, they were he was throwing up some bad shots and couldn't make them. Even the easy ones, he couldn't make them. Even even the ones that you have seen Miles Bridges be able to hit so far, he wasn't hitting those either. And then he started to settle in a little bit. I think it was the first made field goal that he had was his sixth field goal. And Miles Bridges did a good job there. But Miles in the second half was a big reason why the Hornets won this game. And I remember in the post-game interview that Miles had with Ashley Shamity, Miles Bridges said, you know, look, I got... Uh, I got 22 points on 23 shots. I don't love that. But he had a good second half, and (laughs) there was one play in this game. I think it's the second quarter when Malik Monk misses a baseline three where Miles skies for the rebound, grabs it, has a couple of bulls all over him. Miles, he doesn't even swing his elbows. He just kind of moves his shoulders around and his arms around and wiggles out of there out of sheer power and then jumps straight up and slams it. And Doug and I had talked about the lack of aggression from him, which that's one thing that's pretty obvious to see. He has absolutely become more aggressive. But that was just nasty. That was just mean for Miles. And I don't know if we have seen mean Miles before. Well, not not, not when he was struggling anyway. We've certainly seen it at times. But, man, that was that was just gross. He wanted nothing to do with anybody that was draped over him on that rebound. And that was a big play. And, a, and among the two three-pointers that he hit, one was – just from straightaway dead center in the first half, and the other one was the baseline three, the corner three. Nailed it. And if that wasn't the nail, the final nail in the coffin, it was Malik Monk at the end of the game hitting that kind of half floater, not half like you know, three-foot floater that he hit and had the free throw. Nine for nine from the free throw line for Malik Monk. Going to the foul line so many times, showing the aggression there. I think that's probably the key word you can think of when you contemplate why Miles Bridges and Malik Monk have <laughs> turned it around in the last month. You know, Malik has already shown his aggression. That's why we talked about him, you know, bad Malik or good Malik, right? It seemed like aggression and attacking the basket meant all the difference. But, man, both of those guys, both of those guys have really turned it on here as of recently. 
What else is really nice, not just the play of those guys, but it's Queen City Beauty Group. Queen City Beauty Group is a boutique spa with only custom services. Every treatment is a customized treatment to the individual client's specific skin or condition. Owner-operator Nichelle Mosley is a 2018 and 2019 international award-winning esthetician. Nichelle specializes in treating diverse skin tones with life-changing results. They offer international award-winning treatments for acne, age management, hyperpigmentation, skin tags, sagging skin, fine lines and wrinkles, rosacea, sun damage, and body contouring. I went there to talk with Michael and Nichelle. Fantastic. As soon as you walk into the door, it's extremely peaceful. And all they want to do is help you. They care so much about each and every one of their clients. They care about your privacy. If for some reason you're nervous about any condition you may have or you just don't want to be seen, they make sure that they have the room clear as soon as you walk in and they can get you back to the room in which they perform the service and they can get you out. They're very conscious of that. I didn't even realize that, that spas might be mindful of that sort of thing, but they are. And guys, 30% of their business is men. I asked myself, I get sensitive skin every time I shave, every single time. I bump up. I can't avoid it. I've tried a whole bunch of different stuff, and I talked with Nichelle about it. We're going to set something up, so I'm already going to be a customer of theirs. I need something, and they only carry the highest quality of products. And guys, they're still booking Valentine specials today for you or someone you love. If you don't want to go, then fine. Get one for your significant other. Only $79. It includes a consultation and an amazing custom treatment with Nichelle Mosley at Queen City Beauty Group, a $50 gift certificate for a future visit, and a special gift from Queen City Beauty Group at a $215 value. To book, you go to queencitybeautygroup.com, book the Valentine special, and make sure you type locked on in the comments section of the appointment form. You can type in locked on, that's two words, a space in between locked and on, locked on at Queen City Beauty Group in order to get the Valentine's Day special. And they have some other things that they're going to be promoting later down the road that I can't wait to tell you guys about. Stick around for the second segment here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And that was also a connection of a connection because the new Carolina Panthers owner, David Tepper, looks like the guy trying to defuse the bomb at the elementary school and die hard with a vengeance, which I thought looked like John Hurd, a.k.a. Kevin McAllister's dad. A.k.a. Peter McAllister. I never would have got that. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Man, P.J. Washington hit some crazy shots last night, didn't he? I, it's funny because we know that P.J. Washington was struggling trying to keep up with his conditioning at the end of all of this. It was just a long first, what, I mean, pretty much two-thirds of the season for P.J., and it was pretty apparent that he needed that rest more than anybody. I asked John Fokey this morning if that was the case, and he said it sure was, that P.J. Washington really did want that all-star break really as much as anybody, even though everybody benefited with fresh legs following All-Star Weekend. But P.J. in this game, man, I mean, P.J.'s first layup where it's almost a full extension windmill layup under the guy's uh, out-extended arm, that was fantastic. P.J. Washington also driving towards the lane. I think this was in the second half. Driving towards the lane and then going with the up and under, the reverse layup. High off the glass, that was a high degree of difficulty. Also going back to the first uh, half, how about P.J. Washington getting the ball in the high post, dribbling to his left, and then shooting right-handed to his left, I think with some contact. 
Uh, P.J. Washington also getting some tough rebounds in there, and that's something that we've talked about before. We wanted to see P.J. improve in the rebounding department. Again, I mentioned it yesterday, not soft, just I think kind of unaware at times. <laughs> and P.J. seemed to go aggressively at some of those boards and do so at an effective rate. I, I like what P.J. gave you in this game. You look at the box score, what P.J. was able to do for the Charlotte Hornets, really helping them a lot in the first quarter. Also hits a three, a wide-open three. That was good. I know he had missed quite a bit in a row. I uh, played 30 minutes in this game. Goes 6 of 11, 1 from 3 from long range. Hit 4 of 5 of his free throws. 5 rebounds and 4 assists. A few turnovers, but had a block, a couple steals, so that ends in 17 points for him. B.J. Washington played well. Just alongside Miles Bridges and alongside Malik Monk, those are the three guys I think that you take away. And how about this? We've talked before about how the Charlotte Hornets, if you can't, if if Devontae Graham's not scoring and Terry Rozier isn't scoring, then the Hornets are just going to lose that game. Doesn't matter who the opponent is. If those two guys aren't scoring, then you're going to lose. Well, that used to be the case, but that was the case before Miles was giving you at least 15. That was the case before Malik was giving you at least 15 and averaging close to 20. But Devontae Graham goes goose egg, zero. He was feeling goosey. No points for Devontae Graham in this game. 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 5 from long range. In the first half, Devontae Graham airballed like a 5-foot floater. <laughs> and I don't think that was a lob either. I was like, wait, did I miss that? Was that a lob? It wasn't. It was a airballed floater from Devontae Graham and you could see the disgust on his face it made me believe that it wasn't a floater right I think Bismack Biombo might have been down there but Devontae just didn't have the shot falling from the night didn't take as many I mean he only was 0 for 5 from long range he usually takes 10 three-pointers in the in every contest it seems like but zero points for him. Now, just like in typical Devontae fashion if he's not scoring then he will facilitate not nearly at a crazy high rate as maybe we've seen from some other low scoring outputs from him only seven assists I mean it wasn't a good game for him we all know what it is four turnovers so when he had been doing a really good job of taking care of the basketball and still finding teammates some silly turnovers from Devontae Graham here lately so not a great game from him and Terry Rozier had some mistakes but five of eight from the field three of five from three-point range hit the only free throw that he took last night you know, typically a good rebounder. He got four in this one. but So the two combined scored 14, and it all came from Terry. Usually when that happens, the Hornets don't win. But they found a way to win last night. And this brings up an interesting question to me. Because you look at this game, I contemplated calling it a must-lose. <laughs> because I want to see them draft high in the lottery. I do. Now, only good things come from the guys that perform out there on the court. Like, this is a good thing that your young players are performing well enough to win basketball games on the road after All-Star break, fine. But th it was good to see them. So it's not like you can be mad at Borrego. I mean, the guy's playing Jalen McDaniel 16 minutes. Caleb Martin didn't play. But Bismack Biombo really actively hurts them. He's hurting them in this one. And you know, 15 minutes from him, one of three from the field, I believe was the cause of a couple of other people's turnovers. Like, we got Biz who can't catch passes again. That's what we got against Chicago. He played 15, Jalen McDaniels played 16, and the Bulls are just bad. I, that, was, that was just Chicago being a really bad basketball team. 
And so I I want the Hornets to lose to increase their draft odds. But it's really good still to see P.J. Washington, Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, all those guys perform really well. Devontae Graham at times. Like, we can go down the list of people who have given you really good performances. I wanted them to lose, but, man, it's still exciting. I don't want them to lose in real time. You know, I understand that it helps them if they lose more than it hurts. But I don't know what else you're going to do, especially if you're going to play Jalen McDaniels a decent amount. We'll see what they decide to do with Caleb Martin. We'll see. But the Chicago Bulls now, the Hornets leapfrog them in the standings. So now you look at the standings and all the teams that are below the Hornets and would, if the season ended today, have a better draft pick. You're looking at five different teams in the Eastern Conference that have a worse record than the Charlotte Hornets. The Chicago Bulls at 19 and 37, Detroit at 19 and 39, New York at 17 and 38, Atlanta 16 and 41, Cleveland 14 and 40. I thought that the Atlanta Hawks would be better after the acquisition of Clint Capella and Trey Young just torched the heat for 50 points. So I could see the Hawks winning a few games and passing the Hornets. The New York Knicks have been better, certainly with David Fisdale out of the picture. Detroit, I you know, look, they sell on Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson. Detroit's probably going to stay right, right where they are. I think Chicago's probably going to stay right where they are. I think Washington's better than Charlotte. I would like for Charlotte to lose some games. They have a pretty tough schedule. There's a stretch coming up that's extremely tough where they're going to be facing some winning basketball teams. So we'll see exactly where they fall, but three-game winning streak for them. <laughs> Not exactly the direction you want to head if you're looking for that higher draft pick. But again, I do like the fact that they won games with the young players. It's not like they're doing I mean, Cody Zeller helped them quite a bit win this game. He was very good in this one. One of their best players, maybe their best player. So I, I think, I mean, Devontae has been fantastic. So it's probably him. But, I mean, you look at Cody, help them out. So maybe you sit him. But the players aren't going to tank. James Borrego isn't going to tank. Kind of like a Brian Flores situation here. So we'll see if they lose games, but the second half of the schedule is going to open up some things uh, in that bottom race for the Eastern Conference standings. Podcasting on the Charlotte Hornets, it can be stressful sometimes. It can. I got to work with Doug. Of course it can be stressful for me. It makes my muscles tight just thinking about this free agency period coming up, and it makes my muscles tight just thinking about Doug Branson coming back on with me next week. The fact is the stress of Daily Hornets talk in daily life weighs on us all for sure. But whether you are an elite athlete or you're just a regular person trying to get through the day, muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. It's keeping you from doing the things you want to do or know you can do. If you're dealing with muscle pain or muscle tension, you should try Theragun. It's the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. You can feel better naturally, you can treat your pain, and you can get back to your life. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days or your money back by going to theragun.com slash locked on. No space here. All one word, locked on. For a limited time, my listeners to this podcast get a free charging stand with a purchase which is a $79 value that's theragun.com slash locked on all one word 
theirgun.com slash locked on. We end today's Friday edition of the Locked On Hornets podcast next on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Hornets made a roster move today. Talked a little bit about Mitch Kupchak's comments on how they plan to use up their 14 minimum contracts because they only had 13. They needed to use another one before the deadline. And sure enough, they use it on a 10-day contract, just like we talked about. And they sign Joe Cheely. They bring up Joe Cheely from Greensboro. And we know Joe Cheely a little bit. He's seen some time with the Charlotte Hornets, undrafted in the 2018 NBA draft. We saw G- uh, Cheely sign with the Hornets, and he was converted to a two-way contract, and that happened in early of the 2018 season. After becoming a free agent, Chile returned to the Hornets but was later waived. Then he has spent really all of this season with the Greensboro Swarm. Uh, He's made 34 appearances with the Swarm this season, averaging a little over 11 points, four and a half assists, over three rebounds in uh, about 28 minutes per game. He appeared in 43 games with the Swarm, averaging 16 points, last season on a two-way contract so we have Joe Cheely not performing all that well the numbers aren't exactly great the percentages aren't great from him in the G League defensively um, may be the reason that they decided to bring him up instead of another player that might be on the Greensboro Swarm roster but Joe Cheely seeing some time again I believe the only bucket of Cheely's NBA career is against the Boston Celtics. Remember watching that game. Thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We'll be back on Monday. I think it'll be we. think Doug will join me once again on Monday. We'll recap that game against the Brooklyn Nets. Have a good weekend, everybody.